we play the brutal business bunders. We should rechristen them. Paul Teron, the managing director of Vestact, on the line to us from Johannesburg this evening. And we, I was with Michael Goldman last night. Uh, he's the, the sports marketing guy, and he was heaping praise upon the genius and the brilliance and the wonder that is the Super Bowl weekend in the United States. You're not buying it. Well, it's clearly a huge event, Bruce. Uh, the Denver Broncos against the Seattle Seahawks. The two states in America where marijuana is legal. <laughs> I don't think that's a big coincidence myself. They're calling it the Super Weed Bowl. But remember, they select the venue in advance. And this one, they've chosen New York. Well, more accurately, New Jersey, because the stadium is actually just outside New York. So the problem, Bruce, is that it's going to be sub-zero played in an open-air stadium. So the ticket prices have been plummeting. It's been snowing balls there for the last couple of days. I don't even think people are even going to be able to get to the stadium. But as you say, a huge event. Even if you stay at home, you can watch the ads. Uh, massive, massive revenues for companies that market their services in these ads in between the game times. And, uh, you know, they pay millions and millions for them. The best Super Bowl ad ever, Bruce, comes from about a decade ago. When E-Trade, the trading company, had an ad where they showed somebody being wheeled into an ER room with the soundtrack about he's got money coming out of his wazoo. Fabulous ad. Fabulous ad. <laughs> we have but different look, standards. We have different standards. For South Africans, you can watch the game on Supersport. It starts at 1 a.m., right? It's a one-hour event. It's got four quarters, 15 minutes each. But the broadcast is going to take five and a half hours. It's going to run until 6.30. So there you go. That's why it's such a big commercial success. That's wonderful. I mean, there's hardly any time of the field. They play lots of advertising. Everybody <laughs> makes lots of money out of it. And it's more boring than the Oscars. Okay, let's move on to Aquarius. Now, this is interesting because here's a South African junior platinum producer. Uh, it sold a platinum mine. And I would think that that's a terribly good thing to do. Why is it a blunder? Well, as you know, businesses that buy other businesses for enormous, enormous sums and then sell them a few years later for squat is a favorite topic of ours here yes. on the business blunders. We actually had two good examples this week. Firstly, Google sold Motorola, that business they bought for $12 billion. They're selling it to Lenovo, well, at least the hardware manufacturer, for about $2 billion. So that's a big doozy. But even better, because it's local, is a story brought to us by David Mackay, the fabulous David Mackay from Mining MX website. Yes, David Mackay, the mining guy. Mm-hmm. He refers to uh, an asset that Aquarius Platinum bought in 2009, which was a company run by South Africans but cleverly listed on the London Stock Exchange called Ridge Mining. So this is 2009, not an awful long time ago. It was sold for a colossal sum in an all-share transaction when Aquarius's share price was high. The two projects that they had, which are platinum resources relatively close to existing infrastructure, at one point during that period, they valued them at $700 million. That's what kind of money they paid for these assets. But this week, they actually flogged them, these two particular resource assets, undeveloped mining properties, to a Chinese company for $37 million. So we've gone from 700 down to 37. Sure. The joke of it all is that the buyer is a company called the China National Arts and Crafts Corporation. <laughs> I mean, what is that, the China National Arts and Crafts Corporation? I'm hoping this is a joke and that they are actually planning to do something with them. I hope it's not kind of 
some misguided Chinese people who think they're going to launch an Austin Crafts operation up there somewhere. Yeah, it's ter- it's terrifying, absolutely terrifying. I see why it is on the blunders list. Well spotted, David Mackay. Um, I've always fancied getting a better education. I think Rutgers University, it's in the United States, if memory serves, would be a good place to be <laughs> properly educated. They do top-notch degrees there, don't they? They do, yes. Um, but let's go back a step. You know, universities are famous for running courses that people either can't get into or that nobody really should go and attend because nobody really needs them. So let's start with the first example. Here in South Africa, you've got our brainiest kids scrabbling over each other, poking each other's eyes out, trying to get into courses like, I don't know, veterinary science and architecture. I mean, what's that about? Who even needs those people? But, uh, you know, if, the, if people want to do the degree courses, why don't they just create extra spaces? You know, it's like basic supply and demand. But let's move on to Rutgers, because they've got the opposite problem, right? Running courses which absolutely nobody needs. So this week, University of Rutgers unveils an undergraduate course called Politicizing Beyonce. Sorry, I kid pol- you not. Politicizing Beyonce. She's the singer, isn't she? <laughs> The subtitle is Exploration of Race, Gender, and Sexuality in America. The course coordinator says he plans to shift his students away from being simply consumers of media towards thinking more critically about what they've been engaging with on a regular basis. So my only comment is, Bruce... You're going to really use that degree when you're working later at McDonald's. Exactly. And um, people who went three years' time, people are going to say, Beyonce who? Exactly. Okay. And then finally, um, it's one you couldn't avoid talking about because we did have the results from South African Airways this year. And they only lost 900 and something million rand. It's much less than they lost last year. I can't believe you're being mean to them. (laughs) Well, I don't know, Bruce. I mean, it's it's the, the SAA business blunder story I repeated every year at this time. I remember repeating it last year, and it was a review of the year before and a review of the year before. I mean, um, James Stein on Twitter estimates that SAA has lost in aggregate 18 billion rand in the last 10 years. Just stop and pause and think about that number. 18 billion rand's worth of losses at SAA. You built 36 incandas for that. Uh, indeed. And, you know, they come on and they say that they've uh, reviewed their business plan and they're uh, implementing certain cost-cutting procedures and that all is well and that they'll, uh, you know, return to profitability shortly. We continue to see losses on the long-haul flights. This is supposedly a tourism promotion activity, even though the kind of tourists that fly halfway around the world are those that can afford to come here and would probably pay higher fees if they were required to. We continue to see profits from African flights which is where a lot of our tourists actually come from, on those shopping safaris, because they come to Johannesburg, of all places. That's pretty profitable. And then the local flats, of course, are just priced at an appropriate level in order to squash their competitors. But the real problem, of course, is that it's run by the government by remote control. So Malusi Gigaba, the Minister of Public Enterprises and what what, says they're not allowed to reduce staff. He insists on them maintaining the Johannesburg-Beijing route which loses 300 million rand a year. So, ugh, I don't know, just stop already. Yeah, it's, it's not a particularly cheerful blunder to end on, but it's a good one because it's an important one. Well, Bruce, you fly a lot, so look on the bright side. You know, pretty soon, if you keep it up, you'll get the SAA Voyager Premium Plus Gold First Board Self-Help Club Mile Wank status. There you go. Well, see, I don't want the, I don't want the, I want the platinum card. That's what I want, Paul Teron, <laughs> from Vestact, cheeky man.